Blog Talk Radio. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. Hi everyone, it's Natalie Genius, it's Natalizo, and today on Chatting with Nat, we have singer-songwriter Tess Posner. Tess Posner is a fast-rising indie pop artist whose sound brings powerful vocals, haunting melodies, and atmospheric rhythms together to bring the listener on a journey to deep places. Tess started singing in coffee shops as a teenager and released her first EP in 2018. Tess sees art as a way to heal and paint a picture of a better world that could be possible. Art can change the world by helping us feel and imagine new worlds that don't exist yet. Love that. Tess's honest, dark, and politically conscious lyrics have attracted attention, and her single New Angels was a semifinalist in the International Songwriting Competition in 2019. Let's give her a round of applause. How are you, Tess? I am doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it is my pleasure. So how have you been during this entire crazy, crazy, cray-cray of an existence, pandemic, (laughs) elections? All of it. Well, it's certainly been a wild ride, to say the least. Um, I am very, very fortunate to have kept my health throughout Mm -hmm. this time, and most of my family has as well. Um, But yeah, it's just, it feels like it's been going on for forever, and there's a sense of, like, timelessness. I'm not sure how long we've been in this pandemic. <laughs> I think it's been two years, but it feels like 100 years. I don't know. Bizarre. It's, 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 sometimes you just don't know what to say anymore because every time you turn around, you think, okay, we're rounding the corner here. COVID has babies just sprouting around everywhere. <laughs> I'm here to say, so you have... Uh, and baby Delta, and now a baby Omicron is just just annoying. But they said, you know what? This is the new normal. Um, you can't really shut it down. I think it's almost like having the flu, um, although these are just a little bit more severe. Uh, <clears throat> so people should get vaccinated. I understand those that don't want to, but hey, you want to live, you want to live. Um, so one of the questions I like to ask everybody is this. You know, the pandemic has afforded us a lot of time to think, think about mm-hmm. life, think about our purpose. You know, really, there's, a, there's an aspect of self-reflection that has occurred for many, whether you're in the music industry or in another type of industry. And, you know, during this time, I saw the oddest things. This shouldn't be odd, but, you know, family members walking with their kids. We were all, you know, there was downtime. People, you saw them all over the place, and I was like, "Well, this is weird to me." I didn't see a lot of, you know, there were. I had friends that decided to 
quote, cut back on work hours because they realized they weren't spending enough uh, time with friends. I read several articles that talked about how people decided that they were going to quit their jobs because they wanted to do something that was more in line with their passion. It wasn't about money for them anymore. You know, people started to realize that, yeah, life is short, but life is really, 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 really short. Um, the pandemic has showed that obviously there's been pros and cons. You know, the self-reflection is a, is a pro. The con is the death and the sickness and the losing limbs and stuff like that. Time to change. Obviously, uh, Mother Nature and the animals were happy that we were not on the earth inside. Well, we were on the earth, but not outside. Um, climate uh, pollution levels went down significantly. Um, and as artists, you know, we took the time some people created new EPs, singles, rebranded themselves, decided not to do music anymore. But, you know, they wanted to be more of an effective player in life. So did you take time to think about that? Did you decide just to say the same? Has there been any difference in the way that you want to be perceived as an artist? What did you think about? Yeah, it definitely was for me and for many people, like you're saying, this, this confrontation with our mortality and really right. thinking about like what how do we want to live our lives and that's a really important question you know and our life often doesn't slow down enough for us to ask it so right. I think that was you know one small positive from the very difficult and challenging time but yeah I actually made a pretty big decision during this time and I was in this amazing experience um, running a nonprofit company that's focused okay. on helping women and people of color get into the tech industry. Mm. And it's just been this amazing, um, wonderful journey that I've been doing for five years since okay. the very beginning of the company. And through that time really started to discover my voice in music and, and found this, this passion that really I didn't know was there. It was like unearthing this, secret hidden part of myself and this voice that was just buried under what I thought my life was going to be about. Okay. So during the pandemic, I, I made a decision to actually go into music full time, which was mm. jumping, <laughs> jumping off this, this cliff um, into a totally different pathway. And really, like you were saying, reflecting on what do I really want to offer the world and how do I want to change things given this new perspective that we're in today? So it was a pretty big jump and yeah. I'm really glad that I did it. And I'm very grateful to have that opportunity to find that part of myself that I really wanted to reconnect with during this time. Awesome. Um, I would high five you now because I do. <laughs> I left my job for several reasons, but one of the reasons is to do uh, music full-time with no money. But um, <laughs> sometimes you get, you have to take that leap of faith. Uh, music is my passion, just like yours. Uh, I want to be an effective player with my music. Um, I think, like I tell everybody that comes on the podcast, that music is our uh, superpower. Uh, music mm. has the power to heal, to move mountains, to move energy in the world. Um you know, people listen to the music for many different reasons, for joy. They want to laugh. They want to cry. They're, they listen to it when they're angry. They 
They want to express some type of emotion. And so if we can do that, if we really focus our energies on what we're meant to do, what and music is just within us, then we are doing what we're supposed to do in this world, and the world will be a better place. So kudos to you, how far to you, for wanting to do music full time. Now, what was it that you saw, you heard, um, that made you want to get into music, you know, what what was it that that defining moment that you said, well, dance and music has to be together. I just have to do this. This is who I am. <laughs> yeah, well, it actually started when I was about 11 years old and I first got a piano and I was singing a lot. I just like loved to sing. I had a karaoke machine and I started playing Beethoven and other things on the piano and just absolutely fell in love with mm. all of that and I, I really wanted to go into music at that time and I, I wanted to be a singer I wanted to just immerse myself completely and I was starting to do that a little bit and you know several people in my life that I think were well-meaning but right. didn't really know what they were saying they discouraged that and kind of said, well, music is too hard or it's too difficult. And I think they were coming from a really good place because they were trying to maybe protect me from some difficult parts about it. But as a result, I sort of put that dream away and recently have unearthed it again Mm -hmm. because it never really died. (laughs) It was just kind of put aside and, you know, really getting into songwriting about four years ago was really what drew me back in because there's something about telling our stories and you said it right at the beginning in your introduction about speaking your truth and there's a way that you can do that in art that is incredibly powerful and can make an impact. And I've seen a lot of women, especially, you know, not be able to speak their truth because we've been right. punished for it or we've been literally like, you know, not able to do that because of being oppressed in various parts of the world or in history. Right. So I'm really drawn to this idea that, you know, in art we can remind people of that permission to speak that truth and to find that part of ourselves that really wants to be heard despite mm-hmm. what society tries to push down. Amen to that. Now, <laughs> how important is it for you to be authentic in your music and your life? I think for me, it's very important because that's how I came into songwriting. I started to write stories of that things that I couldn't put into words, I was able to put into music, different hard experiences that I've had that tough times that I've been through or just tapping into things in the world that are going on that might be really difficult to speak, but music is that vehicle for authentically sharing or even transforming that energy of these really dark experiences. So for me, it's an important part of my journey. I don't think that has to be true for everyone. Everyone has their own artistic journey, but authenticity is kind of why I'm doing it (laughs) in many ways. So it's sort of the driving force for me. Now, you, in your bio, it says that 
uh, you have dark and politically conscious lyrics, which I love. <laughs> um, why did you venture in in that arena? Well, that's a good question because I think that for me, it's about speaking the truth of what I see. Mm-hmm. And I think art can do that and be sort of a mirror to society about what is, what do we see is wrong and how do we mirror that back in a way that can help people reflect or to process it. Um, so for example, you know, one of my songs that you mentioned, New Angels, that I just released an acoustic remix of, it's really about a shooting that I witnessed in mm. San Francisco. And it's a very, you know, incredibly traumatic moment for like, obviously the families involved directly, but having witnessed that and thinking about, you know, gun violence in the United States and like what that's all about and how that's also coexisting with all these other things that are going on, like with climate change, with um, just poverty, it's almost overwhelming when you start to think about how much suffering there is. Right. So I wrote this because I really wanted to remind myself and others that even when it looks so bleak, there is the possibility for hope and that that's something that you can never lose. And for me, that's so important because it can feel almost like we're up against an impossible task to try to heal the world that is so dark and so broken. So that's why I chose to write about those things, not because I think that you have to dwell on the darkness, but rather you have to look at it and face it in order to overcome it. What's interesting to me, um, and I've spoken to a lot of people about this whole dynamic uh, with the social impact message song, because that's basically what it is. I, I think as a whole, the music industry doesn't understand those types of songs. And I say this, because, you know, one, one year I entered one of my songs in the songwriting contest, and I'm like, well, we don't know if this is chartable. But what they don't understand is sometimes you create music, a lot of artists create music, it's not about charting. It's not about the sales. It's about how we affect people in our lives, how we affect the world. What progress can we see by singing the things that we see? So they don't understand this whole idea that it's just not always about this whole same game, but right. about it's different. And I had to tell the contest that. Because mm-hmm. I was, you know, music is subjective. Everybody's not going to love your stuff. And there's going to be a lot of people that love your stuff. But they have to start understanding that, there's a, there's a, that music evolves over time. And that there are truly people that are capable and are doing great things with music that are impacting people's lives in a positive way without the whole aspect of playing. You know, you know, it's like I always look at independent artists that write. Their the, their writing is more is deeper. And I don't, and I always say that I don't like to poo poo on the mainstream artists. But poo you know, and Bieber's yummy, which I think is the dumbest book. But it's, and I can't stand the video because it's just more sense to me. It's the same, same, same type of song over and over again. And then when I look at 
artist. I'm like, I see, I see so much creativity and I see so much deepness. And I hope that someday that they truly understand social impact messages that we're trying to bring about here in the, in this world. You know, it's just, it's just crazy to me. It's just a, it's an interesting dynamic that is out there. What do you love most about being an artist? I love, I love the creative process and I love collaborating with other people. I think Mm -hmm. it's almost like a magical thing to be able to bring together like different skill sets, you know, different instruments together to create something new that captures, you know, a mood or an emotion or a feeling. It's just endlessly (laughs) fulfilling to me to be part of that. And it feels like you're part of something like it's not me creating, it's me discovering something that, is in the ether, and I don't know if you've been watching the the Beatles Get Back um, mm-hmm. movie, but or documentary, but it's there's so many examples where it feels like they're just tapping into something and pulling it out of the air, like it's just this magical process. And I love the way it depicts songwri- songwriting because it often feels like that. Now, who are your musical influences, and out of all of them? Who would you like to perform on stage and why with on stage? <laughs> oh, so many. <laughs> well, the Beatles certainly shaped me as they did generations of people. Right. Um, I think some of my idols in the, you know, looking back at that time are also like Carol King, Joni Mitchell, like the singer-songwriter woman who, you know, is actually really amazing to see women at that time kind of stepping into that role more and starting to have their voices heard in songwriting and in the music industry. So those are definitely, you know, some of my, you know, Etta James, oh my gosh, amazing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so many just over the years. And I think more recently, I just have a very eclectic taste um, love, you know, Labyrinth, one of my favorites. Uh, Maggie Rogers, I love um, Tori Amos, Fiona Apple, like the yeah. 90s rocker girls who really started to be big in the alternative pop space. Nirvana, <laughs> um, mm. just so many. So it's, it's hard to, I think I learn a lot from just getting exposure to a lot of different types of music rather than just, I'm not like a one genre type of person. So speaking of that, so how would you define your music in the genre world? Yeah, I think I used to be, when I first started out a couple of years ago, I was really more in the electro pop genre where I was bringing in a lot of, um, almost like dance beats and some hip-hop beats together mm-hmm. with strong vocal-led songs, you know, so kind of in the electro-pop space. And I think over time, I'm more drawn to bringing more acoustic elements in um, and less electronic. So I'd say it's moving more into like the alternative pop <laughs> And bringing in, um, like, my most recent song, I 
brought in some amazing live string players, mm-hmm. for example, and I just think that adds so much. Um, and d- focusing, but still kind of maintaining those pop, electro-pop beats, which I think is a really cool combination, but it's a little bit different than kind of where I started, which is definitely more on the electronic side. So I'm also, I play piano, and I really, my songs are typically have the piano in them, (laughs) Um, and strings, I'd say, are the two instruments that I most heavily gravitate towards in terms of how to create what I'm trying to express. Mm Um, but definitely have like a more traditional pop structure in terms of the songwriting. Okay, so you're a versatile artist still. <laughs> trying to be. It's always a learning journey, right? Every day we become better than we were yesterday. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, there's some time I listen to my songs, and I still like them, but I'm like, oh, my God, you've grown so much, Natalie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, ooh, you did your thing there, but this is, oh, I love this. Um, yeah, yeah exactly. How far we grow, you know. I start, I love jazz, that's my favorite. And then mm. my first album was like a pop jazz album, and I've done pop and I've done Americana. And right now, I'm stuck in Americana. I love the singer songwriter folk vibe. Um, I like the storytelling yeah. genre, but sometimes, like other people that I've interviewed, we don't like to have to say that we're a genre. Why can't we just say, I'm an artist, I create? That's the bottom line. <laughs> Do my thing. Right. Do my thing. And I don't think we should be boxed. I'm trying to get that out there. Now, we're going to play yep. your song, You Angels. Tell us what that's about. Yeah, so this song is really about how we maintain hope when everything looks dark. And I originally released it a couple of years ago, but then I decided to do this remix with some live orchestral elements because I felt like the message and the reason I wrote it is so relevant given the pandemic and just everything that we're facing. So I decided to, you know, bring my new lens to it. And that was really fun to just be able to remix it in a totally different way. I love it. All right, let's play it.
normally hear in a song and I start out with the chorus and then I work around that and just throw the words on the page on the screen or on the piece of paper because I'm still archaic I still use paper and um, <laughs> and and then it comes to life when I decide not to be so stringent mm. and what I've discovered though I was at a songwriter session and for country music and they're so they're so adamant about rhyming <laughs> and I just <laughs> Why? I said, isn't the point to tell a story? And they say, yeah. They're like, yeah, but we we got to rhyme, and you can't use this word again. And did it? Oh, I said, my brain, my brain would explode um, trying to rhyme all the time because there's moments where I want to say something and it, I can't find the rhyme. I'm like, screw it. I'm just gonna write it this way. This is me. You're either gonna love it or you're going to hate it. <laughs> I mean, so yeah, you can break the rules. <laughs> yeah, I'm a rule breaker. Um, so, <laughs> what is the where is the oddest place that you've ever come up with a song, if there's any? Oh, so many. Yeah, I mean, one of my favorites was between I was taking this train from London to Paris, mm-hmm. and I was just struck with this line um, I was thinking about just like the history in London and Paris and just I don't know I was like on some kind of just intoxicated by being there (laughs) thinking about mortality and death and all this stuff and I just started realizing like I wanted to write a love letter to death and It hit me because I was like, oh, that's that's weird. Like, that's one of those things that just hits you, you know. I was like, I've never heard that before. Like, nobody right. really writes a love letter to death. You write a hate letter. <laughs> right. So it, it really became this, like, song called Never Had a Lover So Cold about mm-hmm. death and our relationship to death and how we're terrified of it, but it also helps clarify what's important and so it was definitely one of those moments of like being in the context that I was in. It really helped me tap into something. I really like that. I love that story. It's so unique. But Amy came out with a different type of song, which yeah. I that is what this is all about. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Um, so I'm going to play your song. I chose Ocean from on mm. Spotify. I chose that because... It has over 800,000 streams on um, Spotify. Yeah. And I was like, okay. Um, So how did you come about with Ocean? So this song I actually wrote um, early on in the pandemic. So it's a good one. I felt like there's this, there's so many things going on and like so many things for us to process when it's first happening. Like what is going on? What does this mean? what I I, like grief, fear, whatever, uncertainty. And so I was really writing this about how our emotions can threaten to overwhelm us. Like they can be like waves, you know, coming at us like, Oh my gosh, how do I even contain all this intensity? So that's, that's why I wrote ocean. And yeah, it seemed to strike a nerve, I guess, because it is the best performing one that I've ever done. Yeah. You yeah is that what that's how, that's what you call it best performing one damn eight hundred 
over 800, close to 900,000 streams. That's pretty damn good. Um, Thank you. All right, let's get That's that your most popular one. That's a that's a great song. Oh my God, you definitely need to get into sync. I'm like, <laughs> I mean, thank it's you. It's fantastic. Um, oh, thank you so much. Which um uh, which of your songs do you like to perform the most, and why? I love Ocean, the one you just played because it has <laughs> it's slow, but it also has like a dance component. So I really like getting into that energy and being able to dance on stage. Right, um, right. It's really fun. Now, what are three things 
that you wish you had known before you got into the music industry? Uh, hmm. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess number one that don't focus on the numbers, focus on the real connections with your audience. And yeah, it's, there's so many, you know, oh, like playlisting scams and things that are trying to market music that just don't do anything. It's like, who cares about any of that? It's really about building these relationships. And once I started to learn that, that's when things started to really work because people recognize that connection and they want to, they want to have that authentic connection and they want to, they don't want to be sold something, you know, they want to have an experience. Yeah. So that was one really important thing. I think the second is this is, you know, people are going to doubt you. People are going to say, what is wrong with you? Why are you doing this? Why are you going into art? Like, this is crazy. You're not going to make money. You're not blah, 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 blah. (laughs) And if you know that going in, it's much easier because then you can kind of realize that you're going to get that backlash. Right. And it's just a normal part of the process. You know, it's like you have to believe in yourself and you have to stick with that and really have confidence that, you know, you might not know everything now and certainly you're always going to build your skills, but you have to believe in why you're doing it and that that is the guiding light through all of the doubt and people saying that you can't or you shouldn't. And it's like, you got to cut through all that and just do what your heart says. Yep. 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 (laughs) And I guess the third one is boring, but just have contracts, use contracts, Mm -hmm with everything, clarify things in writing, don't assume that people have good intentions because it's a business like anything else. And so you have to protect your assets and treat it like a business and use all the professional tools that come along with that. And don't just say, Hey, we're just, you know, hanging out here. It's like, you've got to put the structure around it. I agree with everything that you said. I think, Number one is key. Authenticity is so important um, yeah. in the music industry, although there's a lot of fakeness. But authenticity is so important. I think that's the one uh, big um, thing that we've learned because of the pandemic is that mm-hmm. people are craving authenticity because of everything we've been through. You know, with the elections, the George Floyd, everything, everything that's come out, things that have always been here, but have come to the surface. And people yeah. are like, my gosh, they need something, you know, and all that stuff about fake news and stuff like that. People want the real. They want yeah. real. They want something that they can relate to. They want artists that they feel like they could DM and say, hey, Tess, you know what? That song, um, You Angels, it really got to me. I just wanted to thank you so much. It helped me throughout my day. This is what the world wants. This is what they need. Because during the pandemic, one of the things that I 
I saw I, I plan to release the song in, in at the end of January, but I wrote a song about the pandemic myself, and it was more about a person that's an extrovert having to live introvertedly by themselves in a room. In an oh, apartment. Wow. <laughs> and so, can we hear it? Yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. I like to write re- weird songs. It's, so, it's totally different than I've ever done. I was um, Googling like dark Americana songs, and then I found that there's like country gothic. I mean, Ooh. You know, yeah, pretty gothic, which I, I, I really, I was like, oh my God, I love that. I got to do something like that. Um, <laughs> but that people went through a lot. And they needed to relate. And the thing that you came out of the pandemic is knowing that human touch is very important. It's extremely important in our lives. You know, just being in the same room with somebody else is very important. You know, when the whole thing came about this pandemic, the the first thing that I heard was from the UK. This guy couldn't deal with being by himself and he ended up committing suicide because he could Mm. not get the idea of being by himself. Um, oh, yeah, so totally. Yeah, it's, it's, it's sad. There, but there are a lot of lessons learned through, through this whole dynamic about, you know, all of us as a whole, What what is it that we'll do for other people in our world? You know, we always talk, and people always talk about patriots and stuff like that. And, I'm, 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 I, and I tell people, I'm honest. I don't like the vaccine. I didn't want to do it. I was fighting it for the longest time, but you know, I, I actually did get sick in, in last December and, you know, and, and I have a lot of the effects of it and I just don't want to get it anymore. Although now there, it doesn't even need to be you're vaccinated. It does matter because it, it prohibits you from getting really sick and dying. Um, but yeah, I just matters. want to be part of the process. I want to be part of the positive talk process. And I like with music that you write, you are the positive process. You are what we need out there in the world. You know, it, it's not just, you know, love songs are great. And we'll always have love songs and breakup songs and I hate you songs and stuff like that. But when you're trying to make a difference, it's so much more beautiful because you're trying to be part of the process. Of what's Absolutely. Going on. You know what I mean? It's about, yeah, how yeah. to bring us out of this. <laughs> There's a lot of people that need it. Not everybody has somebody in a room with them or they have a pet in a room with them that is helping them through that. So music, again, is our superpower. I'm getting a t-shirt that says, music is my superpower. I love it. (laughs) All right, I'm going to do it. One last thing. What is a statement, an affirmation, a prayer, a phrase that you like to use to push you throughout the day? If you need it. There is always light that is possible, even when everything looks completely dark. Amen. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) I always say that in the darkest day of the year, December 21st. (laughs) All right. (laughs) That is perfection. I love that. Oh, that. Somewhere. I gotta put that somewhere. I gotta put Tess Posner. She said this. Um, <laughs> thank you so much, Tess, for being on my show. It was truly an honor. I've got to, I definitely have to do an IG live with you. We gotta set that up someday. 
probably in the new year sometime we'll do it we'll talk more about this being positive beings um in this chaotic world and trying to bring a new normal <laughs> yeah um but thank you so much you're a bright light i will definitely send you that information for the sync stuff because you de- you definitely have to do it i'm, I'm just telling oh, you that. thank <laughs> you <laughs> That means a lot. And thank you so much for having me. I really, really enjoy this conversation and everything that your show is all about. It's it's great. Keep doing it. And I look forward to connecting in the new year. Thank you so much. All right, everybody. This was Chatting with Nat with singer-songwriter Tess Cosner. You can find her on IG, Tess Cosner Music, FB, as much as Cosner Music, website, www.testposnermusic.com and she's on Spotify. Yeah, over 800,000, close to 900,000 streams per ocean, but you got to check out her music, New Angels to Help. You got to check her whole catalog out because she's just amazing. Until next time on Chatting with Nat. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. Love your